everybody. Welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. Ryan Parker. And we're coming Live from the bunker. From the bunker in Silver Lake. Where we Los are. Los Angeles. Where we are spending some time working with the beautiful people who uh, put together the path, at least the writing team. On season three. We're working with them on season three. But some of whom worked on seasons one and two. But we're, we're talking about season two. We are um, talking about season two, episode seven, which in the path parlance is episode two zero seven. That's right, and uh, so that means we're halfway through uh, season two of the path. They're in trouble. Well, yes, there's some there's some conflict. There's some mystery. There's some uh, love triangulation. First of all, let's go back to, you know, early in uh, a big conflict, a big problem early in this season is that Cal pays way too much for what's called the center, which is in Manhattan. And that puts financial. It's just, I think, I mean, creatively, I think it was a really smart choice because it puts pressure on the whole deal, including like it kind of trickles down to the compound and people around the compound are, you know, starting to sense what's going on. And but for sure, like Sarah knows that Cal has put whole movement in huge financial jeopardy. So he spent five million dollars on this property. Yeah. And now we learn in episode seven that the compound is in foreclosure. Yeah. The IRS is coming to call in part because they couldn't get their tax exempt <laughs> status through. Right, which they didn't get their tax exempt status through because Abe slash Sam is working behind the scenes and they're trying to make their life more difficult uh, on the compound and just kind of, they're just trying to put pressure on the entire movement to see if it'll break. It's the worst capital campaign in history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that, I mean. Hey, hey, you know what, in Southern Baptist parlance, they needed a building the grounds committee Mm. and they didn't get one. Yeah, for sure. Building it, we call it the building and design committee or whatever. Yeah, but you're, you, they also need one of these things like nobody's going to leave church this morning until we raise the money we need to raise. <laughs> That's right. right? <laughs> and 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 it, and it's coming to that point too in the series where they're showing a real estate agent around. That's right. right. And Cal excuse- and the woman tells him, "Yeah, you're going to have to short sell this thing. Yeah, like and you're going to lose a lot of money. You need to sit on this for three, three, four more years yeah. to get your equity." So you can sell it and get even only, and then you'll just be getting back what you paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. What do you think about, uh, let me ask you about two things. First of all, do you believe that Cal would overpay for the center? Yeah. Me yeah, too. Because me Cal too. has always, always tried to push beyond the limits of the light. Yeah. Right. He's always tried to extend beyond what Steve wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's believable. Now, here's my second follow-up question. Do you believe that Sarah would do what we see her going down the path to start doing, like to raise the money to get Cal out of trouble? Like, why wouldn't she just say to Cal, "Short, this is your problem, you fix it? In this same episode, Sarah tells Nicole, there's no room for doubt. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you approach faith... As certainty, and not as a balancing act between belief and doubt, right? right. Certainty and uncertainty. Yeah. When your only goal is to be certain, you will do anything to preserve that certainty. 
That's true. Right? So you will blackmail your co-members of the light. Right. You'll do anything. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting. There You'll are, sell anybody out. There are multiple times, you know, where Sarah is asked, like, by Summer or by her dad or by Nicole or, like, are we in trouble? Is this it? Is this whole thing over? Is it all going to end? And Sarah's always like, no, we're stronger than we've ever been. But she's trying to convince herself. You know what I love about this storyline in this season? Our good friend Pete Rollins says... Fundamentalism isn't certainty. It's repressed uncertainty. Okay. And you, I think you see that on full display with Sarah. Uh. Because on the surface, to everybody else, to the members of the community, yeah. what is she? She's a rock. Absolutely. Guardian you of get her alone. G-O-L, baby. You get her alone and you see a little tremble. Yeah, right? that's true. You see the stress of what she's doing. Yeah. Eddie's very public with his doubts. Cal, too, right? Cal is like Sarah. To her, at least. To Cal- Sarah, he is. Yeah. But Cal, on the surface, to everybody, oh, it's Cal. Oh, my God, yeah. it's Cal. Yeah, Like, Russ would do unspeakable things to Cal, right? <laughs> yes. But in secret, what's Cal done in the past? Murder. He's murder. Alcohol. He's drunk. Yeah, he's, but- all this. he's wrestling with all this stuff, but it's all... You know, other than the but alcoholism the difference is, is to preserve that certainty. Cal will share his doubt with Sarah. Sarah puts on that... At least at, to this point... Sarah puts on that face of certainty with everybody. Yeah. But you're right. As a viewer, I think you see her and you know that's hiding a great deal of actual doubt. And you know what's great is also in this episode, speaking of faith and doubt, is the is the juxtaposition of Sarah and Hawk. Yeah. Who is somebody Hawk is showing us his uh, fervor, his religious fervor. Yeah, you might call it fundamentalism, but I wouldn't right now. He's a, it's yeah. a devout faith. He's a little zealot. He's young. He's, young. <clears throat> He's a little zealot. He's a teenager. Yeah, but man, guess what he does? He's out there in front of the center, washing people's feet. Which here's what's uh, such a beautiful scene. He's washing a homeless guy's feet, and his mom Sarah comes out of the Great. center. Oh. Yeah. And she looks at him, and it's like for that moment, for that split second, she has a little epiphany, and she remembers what, what the matters. movement's really all supposed to be all about, and what matters in life, what really Caring matters for other in people. Life. Yeah, so that's that's what happens to her, and she, and he says, you know, like, do you want to wash feet with me? And she does because I think she's guardian of the light, you know, and she's trying to put on a. She and Cal both are trying to put on like a certain vibe or a, put a certain foot forward. Um, Speaking, so. so here's an interesting thing: Sarah sees in her son this devotion, yep. and it inspires inspires her to take a knee mm-hmm. and join with him. Cal sees Hawk's devotion and thinks automatically manipulation. Right. So what does he do in this episode? He says, hey, I see you got a knack for service. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. But you know what also is good? Is being able to recognize that in other people. And, I, and he says, and, and in no one's, you know, Hawk is a little dense, right? Yeah. But anybody that's paying attention is like, we need money. Go get the money. But the fact that, here, here's what I would say. As somebody who, when like I was about age 16, I was definitely tapped in my church to be a leader. Were you really? Oh my gosh. Like, and you love I, it, don't you? Because I had said I was, I think I was, I was thinking about going to seminary 
And then suddenly... Just skip college. Well, yeah. I mean, then, you know, it's very heady when you're tapped into a leadership position by the senior pastor of your church when you're 16 or 17. So Hawk is tapped by Cal like, I think, hey, not only do you have it, but you can see it in others, like you just said. Now, but what he's obviously what we know as a viewer is it's a ruse. What he's trying to do is to get Noah's mom to write a check, and maybe there are other people whose parents have money and they can write a check. And Hawk is just being used. He's just a, literally a tool. Yeah. And and yet, it's it's super. I don't know. I'm just saying it goes right to your head when when a, like the senior pastor of your church. When asks anytime you that. somebody you look up to looks up to you. Yeah. You know that 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 carries a lot of weight, right? Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about this. Um, there are a couple kind of minor figures that I I want to talk about. It Kodiak and Sean are both, you know, minor, more minor characters. Let's talk so, about Sean first. Yeah, okay. And let's close with Kodiak because that's really the end of the episode. That's true. Okay, so Sean is having doubts about the movement, and part of his doubts are the fact that his he doesn't know if. The baby that Mary's carrying is his own or not. Even though he said, it's going to be my baby no matter what. I'm going to raise it as my baby no matter what. You can tell he, he doesn't quite believe that. Okay? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. As I someone who's been through Sean, that. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, Is this dog mine? I, <laughs> what I really appreciate about uh, the, the character of Sean is how, his, how he's played that uncertainty. Yeah. So lightly. Really that lightly. You know. Yeah. He knows. They're like, they're painting the... But he's kind of holding yeah. out They're hope. painting the crib, and he's like, what would you think if we left I, left the cult? <laughs> and I, she's like, what? I think that's one of the more understated performances of the second season, huh. is that is that tightrope he's had to walk as an actor and a, a, as a character trying to capture that, yeah. that uncertainty. So somehow he so sneaks he, away from the compound and gets on a phone and calls his mom. Yeah, from his like, call from the from the um from the grocery stand. store yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like I want you to know A, I'm married and B, we're having a baby. Yeah, whoa. Don't come. Yeah. Oh gee, well, I wonder what mom's going to do. It's a cry for help. Yeah. It's a cry for help. <laughs> like by the time he's walking back on the highway, <laughs> He gets there's a little we, continuity we issue. Five minutes away. I know, right? I know. They drove all day from California. <laughs> it was crazy. They were like Johnny on the spot, baby. Yeah. They had a they had a teleporter, and they were like in the Ford Escort pulling. But it up really, next to him I mean, it's with the cult lady and the like the cult like D brainwasher. Yeah, they you know, picked they, her up on the way in Sheboygan. <laughs> but it's, it's I, don't, I don't know if that's on the I way mean, or not. I, I mean, it it does show that there there's a sense of urgency in. His parents, when they get this call from their son, and look, this is actually super common among people who are in cults, that their parents try to rescue them, and they bring, you know, they have deprogrammers along, and they, they're like, I mean, if your kid were in a cult, if my kid were in a cult, like, I'd give my left leg to get my kid out of a cult. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, in fact, I have a friend right now whose son is scheduled to move onto a hippie compound in Missouri in April. And, you know, our kids, our other kids are on the same hockey team. And so he's, like, asking me, you know, like, you're a religious guy. Like, what do you think about my kid moving out of this hippie compound? You know, and it's That's not crazy. really a cult, but it's not really religious, but it's kind of like hippie new age commune. That's you know? crazy. It's a little bit like Myerism. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you should watch the past. Watch <laughs> and then listen to the podcast. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, and tell all your friends. So, so I mean, I think it's interesting. Sean is really here's the question. Sean for, fled his family. There was a perceived slight there, like he perceived the dissonance with his parents. Yeah, yeah. That really hasn't played out in the series, right? They're there for him. Yeah, for they sure. care. They're not bailing on him. Everything yeah. that I see is it is that they care about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's here's the thing though about Sean that's going to be interesting to see. Can he convince Mary to go with him? Because you know that once Sean even has like he's got an out. Sh- no, he's she got, has nobody. He, but which is so tragic. I know, but she's got him right. So not if he what, leaves. I'm saying this like once there's a sliver of doubt, you're out of the cult. You don't have a sliver of doubt like call mom, hear mom's voice, be like, here, here's a, here's an example. Okay, so I, I ran a like a church camp for many years. And kids get homesick, like junior high kids get homesick. Some yeah. of them have never been away, like on an overnight camp. Sure, they just like had a one night sleepover at a friend's house. Yeah, and they're homesick. They're homesick, and they beg you. I mean, it's it it like tears your heart out. They want to call home, but here's what you know as the camp director, and as an adult, as yeah, as the adult and the camp director. If you're like, if that kid hears his mom's voice, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> For the mom too, bloody murder. Like Gotta get mom's him. in the car yeah. and the kid is done. Yeah, like there's that kid is done. He's going home. Yeah, it might not be that day, but it'll be the next day or the day after that. So you're just like do everything in your power to not have the kid call home. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like as soon as Sean picks up that phone at the fruit stand, done. He's out. He's out. Okay. So now the question is, Mary and his unborn is Mary child going to go? Are they going to go or it's not? Crazy. And that's. And I don't know because it's so hard to tell Mary's motives because in some ways the Myra saved her and in other ways she's like even more devious than Cal. And the thing is, Myrism saved her, Cal saved her, and Myrism gave her Sean. That's right. And gave her a baby. Boy, that's we just don't know which four, part of Myrism gave her. Right? But yeah. that's four layers that she's got to peel back if she wants to get she out. She wants to leave with Sean, yeah. All right, hey, let's talk Kodiak. about the Kodiak. Uh, who I just love. I, I freaking love. I want to. Don't wanna, you want a Kodiak spinoff? I mean, yes. Like man of Man of Siberia. Like, what did he do for those ten years in Siberia? The Amirist in Siberia. We. It's got to be a spinoff. <laughs> I think we know who to talk he's, to. He's, Can he's, we talk? Yeah. <laughs> he's a great actor. I like him in that role. Yeah, and so he follows. He what? Which he follows Eddie and. Yeah, in this episode, so... Snaggletooth, come on. We can't... Okay, well... The kid kid actor, who's, I'm sure, a very nice guy, but he's got the the long red... He's like the... He is literally... No, he is literally the bucktooth, red-headed stepchild. A lot of us have been there. Dude, We had messed up teeth as kids. I mean, seriously. And we get braces. He's literally the red-headed, bucktooth stepchild. Because he's red-headed. That's true. And he's bucktooth. And he's he's a stepchild. So here's the thing. Let's set the scene. If you watch the episode, you know, Eddie, he and Chloe are getting closer together. She's got a great opportunity for work to make a little bit of money. To do hair at a wedding. Yeah. But she's got... She's so white trash. I mean, come on. She's a hairdresser, bro. Let's just finish. Apologies to all the hairdressers. Noble (laughs) profession. Tony's bald. He sees no use for him anymore. Some of us still need to get our hair... No, Done. I do not get my hair cut. I do not use shampoo. So hold on, listen. Anybody who buys shampoo is dead to you. Yes. So Eddie, Eddie says, "Hey, I'll take the kid for the weekend. 
you go or for like essentially 48 hours, right? Yeah. You you go and do your job and she and it's a great thing for him. Like yeah. it's a very selfless and, thing for him. And, and Eddie would be a good babysitter. I mean, I'd leave my kids with Eddie. 100%. I trust Eddie. Yeah. And she does and she goes off. Well, Eddie is feeling the pressure from the Meyer Meyerists, right? He still thinks I'm being watched. I'm being oh stalked. We've got to get out of here because he kind of spots. Oh, dude, the mailman, the guy walking his dog. Like he's it could be paranoid. Yeah. He's paranoid. And so, really, at the eleventh hour of the the time that yeah, they're apart, the yeah. he says, "Hey, what if I come meet you?" And she's she, like, "It's no. a great idea." She's she like, loves it. No, 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 no. She's like, "No, don't come." Yeah, but he's but he sells it. But yeah, he's and coming. She anyway. says, "Oh, that's so sweet." Yeah, and it is. It's great. It's a, you know, yeah. from it should be from her perspective. So he goes, but earlier in the episode, he's had this nightmare, right, about driving along the road with Summer in the back. Yeah, pulling They're singing over, a song, seeing a tree. Sees a tree, and he pulls over in his dream, and then he sees a cabin. Yeah. Well, he's driving along the road with Chloe's son in the back, and he says, hey, just take a nap. We'll be there in a little bit. Right. But as he's driving along, he sees the, the same tree. road from his dream in yeah. the tree. And so he pulls over, yeah, innocently bit- enough. Oh, there's a van there's broken down. There's an unmarked the van broken down. Yeah. So as he investigates the van, he's going to check out what's the tree. Is the cabin beyond the tree? But he, when he looks into the van, he sees Richard in the driver's seat. And, and Kodiak the old tire comes up behind. Iron. The old tire, tire iron to the back of the head. Oh, just, dude, let me just say this. And it's, it's the end of the episode. It's, it's happened in a hundred TV shows, but I just want to say. Eddie can did you, not watch TV on the compound. Can you imagine getting hit in the back of the head with a tire iron? How do you live? I, I without brain damage. How do you live? I mean, I cannot imagine getting hit in the back of the head with a tire like iron. It would cave your skull in. It right? would cave your skull in for sure. Anyway, anyway, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. It's quite the cliffhanger. But Kodiak, but Kodiak is a great. It's a great cliffhanger. But Kodiak has been following him for most of the episode. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Eddie does is he takes Chloe's son to essentially a war museum. Yeah. And Kodiak gets... And through that, as Kodiak follows him, he sees displays on Vietnam. And we realize this is a Vietnam vet who's probably committed some Atrocities. atrocities. Well, we know he's committed atrocities based on his reel to reel unburdening tapes. Sure. Which we've heard clips of. And so Stephen, because Kodiak's one of the elders, right? Or he's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Kodiak. We see a flashback. Steve, uh, Stephen has essentially saved Yeah, we see Kodiak. a fl- flashback where they're sitting back to back earlier in the episode. That's right. And Steve says, to, Dr. Stephen Meyer says, to, you know, is like, tell me about it. It's, and he's like, I can't talk about it. I did an uh, unspeakable thing. Yeah. You don't know at the time. You find out, jumping ahead to the, to the when he's in that armory museum, that it's, you know, Vietnam. Yeah. And obviously it's that PTSD that drove him to Siberia for yeah. 10 years. Maybe. I mean, right. Something drove him to Siberia. We've got to find out more about Kodiak. In, in a spinoff show. So, yeah, it's, it's Kodiak jumps Eddie, knocks him out, and all we know as the episode ends is Eddie's going to that old beat-up shack, and Snaggletooth Kid is, like, alone on the side of the road. Amber which, Alert. There, yeah, there's a lot of tension as this episode ends. I feel like we should just end it here. Cliffhanger I mean, like the show. Yeah, I mean, right? it's, a, it's really an interesting episode, and... Um, as they all are, but lots going on. So 
That's episode 207 of The Path. This is Tony Jones, Ryan Parker, Killer Serials. Signing off. Thanks for listening.